Hi, this is Coach Corey Wayne and my special guest, Bob. Bob, spelled backwards. <laughs> this is going to be the first inaugural episode of uh, Living Well Philosophies. I don't know if we're going to keep that title, but that was kind of the, the theme that we wanted to start with. And so Bob's been a dear, close friend of mine for about 15 years, and we go to lunch a lot and... We hang out and we talk about life, purpose of life, spiritual things. We talk about politics. Obviously, we talk about high achievement and creating the life and lifestyle that you want. And I've learned a lot from Bob. He, I, I've patterned my life after him in a lot of ways because he did something really amazing when he was in his 20s and totally set himself up for life. And we were we were having lunch today and he talked... We start talking about self-help, obviously, you know, one of our the topics that we often talk about, and we were talking, he mentioned about self-help 2.0, I guess he's kind of coined the phrase, because obviously self-help, it's, you know, find your passion, live with passion, as Tony Robbins says, and he said something that I, I thought was pretty profound, can you... Can you share well, what that first was? First of all, hi, Corey. Good to see you again. Thank you, thank you for lunch. It was delicious. But to answer your question, um, I, I don't know necessarily whether this is uh, self-help 2.0, but what I've noticed throughout my experience with uh, the self-help, um, I guess, movement or however you want to call it, is that there's a lot of emphasis in the concept of finding your utmost passion and, and what you stand for. And sometimes I find that that's just a little bit too much pressure to ask of people, you know. Uh, we as human beings evolve during you know, the course of our live, lives. And to know exactly who you're going to be 20 years from now in terms of everything is a, sometimes too much of a tall order. Sometimes you may have uh, a general vision of who you want to become, and it may seem like uh, this, this goal that's out there that's totally unachievable, but what we know is that there are things that are inside of your control or within your control, and those are what you do on a daily basis. And if you really focus on just doing those things and forget, I mean, forget what the, the outcome is, because in the end, who knows if you're actually ever going to get it. You might you know, reach it and go past it or never even get close, or you may change directions uh, halfway. So the, the, the thing to, to focus on, I would say, is the process, right? So certain things to get there take a certain process that, you know, uh, are pretty clear. So if you start, I wouldn't say even enjoy the process, but just doing it is what it takes. That would be uh, an insight. I don't want to claim ownership of it necessarily, but since we talk about just about everything... I figure that would be a good topic to uh, perhaps start our our uh, reveries here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said something about you're not focused on living with passion as you are focused on falling in love with the day to day or something like that. You said, and it was it was like a combination of five or six words that he put together, and I thought that was pretty profound the way he said it. Yeah, well. I guess uh, it's now in the depths of of uh, how profound it was, but yeah, it boils down to to um, to just doing it. If I think of the exact phrase, uh, I'll, I'll say it again. But it, it boils down to that. Well, it it boils down to because at the end of the day, if you're say today is the first day you've decided to work on losing weight or getting in shape or you decided to start a business in your spare bedroom or maybe you're going back to school or maybe you just resolved to find a job that's better than the job that you're working at you've got to you got to start somewhere and the reality is there's a lot of time that's going to pass from where you are right now to where you want to be and that's you can't look at happiness as something that you're going to achieve 10, 20 years from now when you achieve your goals. 
Because you know you got all that living, you know you can't go through life and say, "Well, I'm not going to be happy until I achieve this, or I buy that car I wanted, or I date that woman that I want, or my business takes off." You you got to find a way to fall in love with the process of living and the day to day because the reality is, anything you build, anything you start out to do or to become, like I talk about in my second book, Mastering Yourself, you're you're a minimum of a decade. At least before you really, I and mean, if you look at Zuckerberg or Steve Jobs or Bill Gates or any of those guys that have become household names, it's not like they came up with this idea for a business and a year later they were billionaires. I mean, you you didn't hear about them and everything they were doing for the first ten years they were doing it. They were kind of anonymous, but obviously once they broke through, now everybody looks at them. And they, they kind of don't see the work that was behind it. Right. Well, I think, um, you know, using the word happiness is, is one of those words that I've learned to become also a little bit allergic to. So passion and happiness are obviously very important in, in, in our society, in, in our culture. But if you think about it, really, it, there's a lot of pressure in what is happiness. You know, in fact, if you're happy... That would mean that you've basically accomplished everything you'll ever be. And uh, if you're there, you're probably dead. So the, <laughs> the concept of not being content, or by definition not being happy, is in, in a way the status or the state of being a human being. You, are always, you, you can always imagine how, how much better it could be if only, right? The, the, the trick is to not totally make yourself miserable in comparing your today versus what it could be. And the fact is that, you know, you're growing and growing and suddenly you're no longer growing and then you're dying and dying and that happens to basically all of us. And so there's always some mega hero out there that is doing things better than you or somebody's got a life that's better than you. And if you think that you'll only be happy if, you know, that's just... Too much pressure. And the same thing with passion, I think. In fact, I think sometimes the best thing to do is just not think about a lot of those bigger concepts and understand, again, process, right? It's not like, for example, we were talking about doing squats earlier. I mean, you know, you got to do them. Is you know, who, who loves doing squats? I mean, it's basically masochism. You know, it's not fun per se. You just do them. And, uh, you know, if, if you're lucky enough to enjoy it, then good for you. But most likely, if you don't enjoy it, that's also okay because you're not supposed to enjoy it necessarily. You're just supposed to do them. And uh, you know, Nike, I guess, had it right with his with their uh, "just do it" slogan. Sometimes just get your head out of the whole concept of 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 the doing and just do it. Yeah, that's something that I I keep learning that lesson over and over in life is is taking action. You know, imperfect action is better than no action at all it's if you got something that you want to do or you need to do and you're stressing about it or you're worrying about something you know i think it was dale carnegie said inaction breeds fear and doubt and taking action breeds confidence and courage and it's you know a matter of putting your head down and taking care of things you need to take care of whether it's reading about something or filling in a knowledge gap that you may have when you get busy taking action and doing something towards attaining whatever it is that you want to attain it's like you forget about you were being that you were stressed out or that you were upset or that you were worried about the future and then 10 15 minutes into it it's like you've completely forgotten about that altogether and you're, you, you, it's like something comes from inside you. It wells up and you feel excited to be taking action. You feel excited to be grinding. And then when you get done with whatever that task is that you're working on, you feel a sense of accomplishment. You feel like you moved yourself forward. Right. The other thing that comes to mind as you're speaking is that the concept of having passion for something uh, by definition, you're going to have to decide to not do a bunch of things. And especially as a younger person, you may decide that, you, you know, for example, 
you may want to become a, uh, an Olympian and at the same time uh, the most famous rock band in the world, you know, because let's say that you're great at the guitar or singing or something, but then you also like to swim. So which one is it? Which one is your passion? You know, so that's a hard thing to say, I mean, to decide, especially when you're younger and you don't know what, you know, what's going to become of you. The same thing with uh, other ideas. Maybe you just are in love with a shitload of money. How are you going to get there? Who knows, right? Are you going to become uh, uh, a businessman at the expense of your rock band and at the expense of becoming a swimmer? You have to make those decisions. So maybe, maybe that's too much pressure, right? Maybe you should just do a lot of the things that it takes to get to one or the other and decide which one fits your personality better and um, decide as you go, I think. It's a process, It's a matter of immersing yourself in the things that you're... It's like what Steve Jobs said. you got to trust your heart, your curiosity, and your intuition because they somehow already know what you want to become. And I, when I think back in my life, there's so many things that at the time I was into it and I was like, oh, this is going to be a great business. I'm going right. to build this. I'm going to manufacture that. Or I'm going to start this kind of, I'm going to provide these kinds of services. And then you start researching it. You start looking into it. Maybe even go work for somebody that's doing it. And after a short, like I remember when I, I got into tending bar when I was 21. It's not because I wanted to be a bartender. It's just... I'd make a lot more money tending bar than I was working retail for, I think it was like seven, eight bucks an hour, whatever it was I was making back then. And I remember the first couple of weeks, I just thought, hey, this is great. I don't even know. I think I might, I might even, I might even blow off college and screw construction management. I'm, I'm making great money here. I can, I can right. see myself doing this the rest of my life. Right. And then about six weeks later, you know, I, I was, I remember it was one night, it was busy. You know, it was myself and a couple other bartenders working. And it was packed, and this is back in the day when people could still smoke in the bars in Florida. Yeah, and you know, some of the customers were drunk and fucking obnoxious, and you know, one of them I, I had to cut him off, and he was pissed because I cut him off, and I was just thinking, "Fuck this shit. <laughs> this is <laughs> this has been interesting, but I can't wait to get my degree and get the hell out of here." And it's so bizarre that a few weeks before I was like I was enjoying it so much that I was thinking hey I might decide that I want to do this instead of going through with construction management and then you experience it after a while and you're like ah, this isn't that great yeah I want to do something else that's right and, and sometimes you have to uh, be open and as you said you know you just listen to your what did you say to your intuition to your intuition I was going to say spirit, I guess it's the same thing to some degree. But, um, and then the, the other thing, and that's kind of part of being on this planet, is that sometimes shit happens and you have to go with it somehow, you know, for the better or the worse. I mean, uh, in a way, it's not like I planned everything that has happened in my life. I think there's a tendency also in a lot of our self help culture to, um, put a lot of the burden of success or not a lot of it all of it on us i actually disagree with that you know success is not that one only vision that you had for yourself you know you have to be open for multiple ways of being successful i mean the same the same thing can be said of you know i mean that's that's one of the things about being a human being again is our adaptability so something that you thought was going to make you ultra successful when you were in your 20s, perhaps looking back at that, now that you have a different life, maybe you have a very different kind of success and you just don't realize it. But if you're so attached to that only way of being successful, then you may decide, or you may end up miserable for 20 years where you, in fact, are successful in, in a different way. But you have to also be you know, somewhat, um, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that success is subjective even though there's a certain level of objectivity to what is. You know, if you if you feel that you're successful being out in the streets and robbing people, then, you know, I don't think by any definition that's success. But um, you may not have become that rock star that you always wanted, but you may be an amazing um, father or 
or just an amazing member of society, you're still successful. And at some point, and this is kind of what comes with being a bit older, is at some point you have to let that dream go because then you're just deciding to be uh, sad and miserable for no reason whatsoever. You're not going to get that anymore. So you have to be flexible with what it means to be successful. Yeah, it's like success is making progress. You you have to be able to look at your life and measure incremental changes that move you towards the things that you want. So you you did well in technology field, but your strategy, in other words, your life strategy for how you were able to work what you had a mentor, an older older guy that mentored you, right? That gave you. He's like, here's how you oh, make money right. in technology, because that, um, well, that's I'm, really. I think uh, something that um, you know, just just talking to different people out there nowadays is is more and more clear, but perhaps not clear enough. And that is that uh, you should be if you're going to really put a great deal of contribution towards the success of um, a company should be able to somehow negotiate with the owners of that company how you're going to be part of the success. Of course, I understand if it's a mega corporation, sometimes it's more difficult. But the idea is that uh, you bake the success of the thing you're doing into your risks plan, so to speak. So, so you, you provide the value because you, you know that you can give them a lot, but at the same time, you're negotiating that you're going to get back a lot. So with that attitude, so you know, sometimes people are much more willing to give you a participation of the business than even cash. But you have to be willing to forego the cash at that moment. And uh, I guess that's a different way to say that you know, always negotiate for um, either profit share or stock options, and that will give you that um, you know, a proverbial skin in the game that's going to make you want uh, the. The, the company or your boss to succeed. So the the ideal company to be able to do that, to apply that strategy, is going to probably be something more along the lines of a startup, I would imagine, versus well, going to like some big established company and going, hey, I want shares. Yeah, exactly. I mean, w- with a big established company, it's a lot harder. I mean, there are ways, uh, because obviously larger companies are always buying something, but the, the um, yeah, the startup... If you're going to go with a startup, you know, make sure that you also are in a position to contribute a lot. I mean, that you understand where the startup is going and that you, you're in a position to really add value to them. In that way, you have uh, you know, a bit more leverage in terms of, of being able to contribute. And what you can contribute comes from your interests and part of the vision that you had for yourself. You know, as you're learning various things in life, you're going to come across things that are more and more interesting to you. And then you'll somehow think up opportunities and then you'll sort of start learning who's playing that game and so on. And perhaps you're in the wrong company because if you're interested in, say, microphones and you're working for a construction company, well, there's not going to be that much... Um, opportunity for you to add value in the stuff that actually interests you. So you're going to have this division between spending your life at work, quote-unquote, meaning I don't want to be here, versus um, work slash career slash I'm enjoying doing this. And it's part of the process we were talking about before. It's a day-to-day. You know, perhaps the microphone company is not your company, but because the field is interesting to you, you're going to actually you know, participate in meetings, you're going to be liked inside of that group and you're going to have insights and, and contributions that people are going to start taking notice of. And, you know, it's just, it's just being prepared in that sense. And someday, perhaps, I mean, you know, you never know. So somebody will say, hey, dude, uh, I like what you said in that meeting. What if uh, you and I work on this other little side project and next thing you know, you're part of the bigwigs in that company. But you know, if you're in construction and construction is everything you hated in your life, then you're not going to be there. You know, you're going to have to start uh, deciding whether you, where you're spending your time is something that you are remotely interested in. Because if not, if it's not fun, you won't do yeah, it. Yeah, If you feel if, if if your whole if every fiber of your body is telling you, man, this really really freaking sucks, 
then what is the point? You know? And I believe is in some of our seminars we learned that uh, um, you have to get better at what you like and you have to get better at what you're already good at and not try to basically improve on the stuff that you don't know anything about. <laughs> Different language for saying, you know, just, just uh, increase and learn more about the stuff that you like and the stuff that you're good at. Increase your competency and your reserve of knowledge. In the stuff that you're interested in, yeah. right? Because if you're right. not into it, if it's not fun, you're just not going to put the time into it. You're not going to be as focused. You're not going to work as hard. You're not going to be as eager to learn. You know, because a lot of people focus on how much money they're going to make at something. Like, I mean, I get fucking emails all the time from people telling me how much money they're going to make me and how they're going to take my social media to the next level. And they've got. 20, 20 Instagram followers, but they're an influencer. And it's like, how do you expect me to take you seriously when you, you say stuff like that? It's just you know, what they're really doing is going, wow, this guy's got a big audience and his YouTube channel and his Instagram, and his email list and everything else. And wow, if I just you know get my products in front of his audience, I'll make a ton of money. Right. That's what the, really the way they're they're approaching it. They want something from me. They're not really necessarily looking at what kind of value they can contribute. Yeah, I think we've we've um, you know, we're a little misguided as uh, as as a society and this is worldwide, I guess, where um money has become so important to everybody that it becomes the only driver supposedly, except that it's an empty driver. And um you know, it doesn't really turn anybody on. I mean, it sounds amazing to have all this money and all that type of stuff, but the problem is that that's not enough to make you do the things that you want to do that you should should be doing if you if that's your goal um, so I mean everybody will tell you this except that it's hard to really switch that that mindset that um you know think about something you know what will what will you want to do if if money is not a goal and not an object at all if you don't have money in the conversation. Why would you do something? Imagine you already have a lot of it or that you're not going to get any for it. One of the two. And then see how that changes your your um, attitude towards either what you're doing or even your goals. I mean, not you know, of course, don't get me wrong. Money is amazing. It allows you to... to I mean, I, I think it's, it's... But it's it's basically a tool to do things. It gives you, you choices. Know, gives you choices. And um, I mean, the more you have, the better, I think. Because it gives you more choices and it allows you to to um, fulfill certain needs, but after that, it also allows you to create more and uh, allow, it allows you to magnify the things that you've always wanted to do for yourself or for others. I remember you you were telling me that when you were younger that you wanted to get to a place in life where you had time to think. Like that was really your primary motivator in the beginning being able to cash out in the technology field was to get time to think. Can you talk about that? Yes. I mean, it's a good segue, right? I mean, everybody says time is money, money is time. And it's true. Except that at some point more money is not going to give you any more time. So um, as you can see, I mean, if you, there's a number for everybody and actually it could be a, a one of these things that provides you with a negative return, right? Because uh, another one of our favorite quotations is um, that uh, rich people. How does it go again? The one that says uh, the rich people are only the uh, the janitors of their. Oh, uh, it was. Uh, I believe it's a uh, Frank Lloyd Wright um, quote, and he said that most wealthy people are nothing more than janitors of their possessions. That's exactly right. So, so you could end up, you know, having. A lot of money, and then you start buying more crap, and then the next thing you know is you're basically answering phone calls uh, from your service people and your maids and uh, your painters and your decorators and uh, you know uh, people in their different properties that something happened and so on, right? So in the end, your ultimate goal, which in my case, for example, is time. I have to be careful, right? So if I were to buy uh, you know, 
say, one of these really fragile cars out there that everybody loves, and then I ends up being in the shop all the time, then every time I have to go to the shop and talk to the mechanic, which it's not something I like at all. I mean, some people love their cars. To me, a car has to just go from point A to point B. The more luxurious, obviously, the better. But uh, it's not anything that I would you know, invest any energy in. For my, my main um, goal throughout life has been to have time. Time is a value. And uh, that's something else that, that perhaps I've had the the fortune of always being clear, which is that's what I want with my life. You know, I just want to have a lot of time for whatever. And uh, I've always been very careful about, I mean, it could work both ways, right? It could also uh, encroach upon your, your commitment towards certain things, but you have to do that mental calculation is what, whatever I'm going to embark on going to diminish time in the way that I envisioned for myself or is that time in the stuff that I am supposed to be doing is that time well spent only I can define that right so only you can define where your values are and then make sure that whatever you're doing is in congruence with those values um, so yeah Corey, time is time is uh, of my essence I guess I think that's <laughs> misspoken but anyway time is important that's that's the most important thing. I, I noticed, you know, I was talking about this in a video that I did um, the other day. It's like, you know, I just turned 49, and that really is the – that uh, the older you get, the more you appreciate that is how much time you have left. Like I remember the uh, documentary, I think it was a football, like with Jimmy Johnson, and um, it was it was his – the one they did on Jimmy Johnson several years ago, and something important they learned from Wayne Heisinger, who was the former owner of the Dolphins. He started waste management. He um, he started Auto Nation, Blockbuster Video, and he says it's about you know this is after Jimmy Johnson's. I guess his father had died first, and then when his mother had passed away, that was that was like when. He was. I remember him saying how he was, you know, at the viewing of seeing his mother in the casket. It like really hit him that he realized this is going to end someday. Right. And Wayne was saying it's about QTL, quality time left. In other words, how much time you have left in this earth, and and not just time alive, but quality time, meaning where you're you're physically healthy, and you can spend your time enjoying it because if you look at the average person they typically retire around 65 maybe 70 years old and what's interesting is a lot of people are dead within two to three years of retiring and it's like they wait their whole lives they put they put off enjoying their life until they get towards the end of it and then they finally retire and by then they've neglected their body so much that they're just too broken down and too weak physically to really get around and enjoy things and it's so important to like you know for me my parents are you know my dad my stepmom are in their early 70s now my stepmom in her late 60s my dad we think he just turned he just turned 70 my uncle he's 73 and it's like you know as i've gotten older you recognize that you know there's only a few decades left that I'm going to get to enjoy my relationship and my time with them. And, and so, you know, that's why I try to spend as much time with them as I can. And I try to spend as much time with my friends as I can. And even high school buddies getting together and doing things because it's like, I've had a number of them pass away unexpectedly over the years. And the older you get, the more you appreciate those lifelong relationships and, most importantly are the memories because at the end of the day when you start to lose your physical health and you're kind of laying in bed or you're sitting in your ass because you can't really move around too much, you're going to be thinking about the things that you enjoyed in life and the good memories. And if you spent your, you know, most of your youth and your midlife working your dick into the ground to fill your bank account up and then you get to towards the latter half of your life and you're like, oh, now I'm gonna, now I'm really gonna start living and enjoying it. You know, yeah, it doesn't happen that way at all. 
you did say a word that's interesting. Um, well, you, everything you said was interesting, but I'm just <laughs> thinking when you said unexpectedly, 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 unexpectedly. Um, that's that's the media uses that term a lot <laughs> when it comes to politics. <laughs> unexpectedly, the economy is doing better. <laughs> But uh, unexpectedly, life, Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. Life does 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 seem well. Actually, that's interesting. Yeah, unexpected. Can we come up with another word that's not unexpectedly? Oh, I actually just said it right. Anyway, unexpectedly, Tom Brady won the Super Bowl is definitely not unexpectedly. I mean, the guy worked his ass off to get there. But life does give you in a lot of unexpected um, situations, and some of them are incredibly unfair. Um, and what are you going to do? You just have to deal with it, right? I mean, um, when you're talking about taking care of yourself and your health, you know, obviously, just do it. And uh, if uh, some idiot happens to run you over, then you have a new situation. And what did we learn from this? I don't know. That basically, life just can't give you shit when it wants to. So... Um, you could be doing everything right and still get horrendous results. So, as long again, once again, as long as somehow you feel that your process, your day to day, is is fine with you, then in my book, that's great. Um, and then, as things change, hopefully not for the worse all at once, then you know you have to uh, deal with that at that particular moment. And that's, again, it's at that particular moment. And so I think what happens a lot with our goals and this pressure on on the future and our future happiness and the bank account and all that type of stuff is that that we're hating our day-to-day all the time. So we're, we're in a bad mood and miserable because we're, in, you know, we're meant to for, for great glory. And that never comes. Um, in the meantime, you basically just wasted every moment that you had. So... At that particular moment, quote unquote, is what matters, and you deal with that when you get there. You know, cross that bridge when we get there. Life happens for happens. you, not to you. Sometimes, right? And you know, you should. You definitely have a certain level of responsibility, but um, I believe there's only so much you can do sometimes, and sometimes a lot of good things come your way, and you don't deserve them. Hey, take them. And sometimes a lot of bad things come your way and you don't deserve, you don't deserve them either and I guess you have to take them because there's no other option um, but that doesn't mean that you don't have certain control I, again to talk about uh, life uh, self-help 2.0 I, I think 1.0 uh, gives you too much pressure I'm, you know I, I'm here to tell you guys that 2.0 <laughs> the new and improved version allows you to to uh, to blame life a little bit, but just not too much, and uh, and go with the flow, and just focus on the day to day stuff, and and that's what life is in the end, you know, is what what, what you do on a moment by moment basis. These are deep philosophies that I'm sure are written down somewhere else by somebody smarter than us, but at least it's interesting to talk about. It's not always easy when the shit's hitting the fan to go, oh yeah. I just got to find a way to be in the moment and enjoy my life. You know, like I was, I had some friends over and we were watching the the Super Bowl and one of them got a call from his mother and, you know, his parents are, I think they're in the eight, they're 80s now. And, you know, he was having some kind of a medical emergency. So, you know, we got about first quarter in and then he had to set his drink down and then hop in the car and, you know, rush to get back home to look after his father and, you know, it's how how do you how do you how can you be happy when you watch your your parent, the one who raised you, slowly slowly fading away? Yeah, and it gets concept. worse and worse over time. I've got a girlfriend of mine. Her mother is very very ill and been been uh, going downhill. And you know, she about ten years, ten twelve years ago, she watched her father go through the same thing, and now she's. You know, we were talking, and she's like, "I can't believe now I'm going to have to watch my mother slowly fade away and die." And and the reality is, eventually, 
that's going to happen to all of us. You know, yeah. some people might go real quick. You might go to like down in um, uh, the marina. There was a, a mutual friend of our, ours had her. She has her boat next to this couple that have basically lived on their sailboat for like thirty years, and everybody knew them. Really nice people, very active and very friendly very social people and then he just goes to bed one night and never woke up right and those are the more dignified ways to go in the end um like you know it doesn't mean that it has to be 30 years from now it could be in the next five minutes that something really stupid happens and suddenly you're paralyzed um you know so I don't know why we're talking uh, such negative things right now, but I mean, this is, this is just to say that that's what life is, and you, that's you know, it's, it's all about. It's not know, all sunshine it's and all roses. About sunshine, and everybody knows it. But um, I guess what uh, people don't necessarily know is that uh, the you know, not to use the cliche of living in every moment, but but my, my words is is the process of life of life, right? The the you know just. Getting you know, fall in love with waking up at the time you have to wake up and do the whatever you need to do because that you think is going to get you there and you're probably right, but just do it, you know. You don't have, and again, my my thing is you don't have to necessarily enjoy it as long as you do it. And perhaps enjoyment will come will come from realizing that you've done that for the you know for a number of years and and you're getting closer to whatever goal it was. I mean, as long as the things that you're doing are somewhat you know, again, congruent with with getting you there. So, you know, again, to go back to that uh, that example. Of yeah, there's become, a difference between being busy and being productive. Correct. Most people are busy doing all kinds of things that are not productive at getting them closer to where they want to be. Yeah. Yeah, say for example that you want to become, uh, you know, which is actually my case. I would like to start writing, and get somewhere with that, right? So write novels, novels, and and short stories, and so on, so fiction writing. And that particular field is uh, extremely competitive, and it, you know, success is basically guaranteed to not happen because there is a lot of competition, and again, in my view, there's a lot of luck involved. However, there's a lot that you can do to get there, right? And part of it is if preparation, you say you're a, meeting, opportunity. Yeah, exactly. So if, that's if you, what luck is. If you say you're a writer, well, at least write something, right? And how much do you have to write? Well, you know, there are um, there's information out there about how much you have to write to even get in the door. And but then what door, right? So you have to understand the world of writing. You have to. There's a bunch of things to do to get there, and so. Just do those, and you know, don't necessarily think that you're gonna make it. You know, that's the bargain that you're gonna just have to do them without necessarily knowing whether you're gonna get there. And it'll probably look quite grim for a long time before any light uh, comes in your path. Yeah, it's like when you know when when I talk about this a lot, often on my videos, is when you start something or you set a goal, it's. I mean, what made my life coaching business so successful was YouTube. And when I started this business, YouTube didn't even exist. I mean, it was you know, I think it was founded in 2006, and by that point, I was that was my first year full time in this business, and I was still advertising in the ways that made my real estate mortgage company successful through television and radio and. You know, and I was playing around with Google Pay per click back then, but you know what really made my business take off was doing the YouTube videos, and the YouTube videos came after I'd been writing and blogging for several years. And what's interesting is that if you look at the trend lines, it's people have basically three ways they consume things: they consume things through written word, through audio is the second one. And the third is through video. And so if if you look back over the last 10 or 12 years, 13 years, you had, you know, people were on the different blogging platforms. And like if I look at my, my website traffic 
from like Google search now versus what it was several years ago, it's actually trended down because so many people are using apps and they're on YouTube watching videos and now just in the last few years podcasting has really taken off because people like to be in their cars or at their at the gym and they're able to listen to you know an audio on you know their iPhone or their whatever you know type of smartphone that that they have and so that downtime they would have commuting in a car or whatever or sitting at home in front of the you know TV watching a sitcom at night. Instead, they're going to be on YouTube watching a some kind of self help or some kind of how to video that teaches them something that they want to know. Or there's somebody that's got a similar experience or problem that they've solved that they're in the middle of trying to solve themselves. And it's like we all can go there and collectively learn about it. And so it's just it's interesting to see. How, how, like I said, it started with blogging and then it, you know, YouTube took off. And it's, I'm just amazed at how popular the podcasting, you know, because podcasting didn't just come out, it's been around for years. Right. But yeah. it's only the last maybe three years that it's really taken off. And, and if you look at cable and the, the cable companies and the stats, I mean, people are unplugging in droves. And instead of getting regular TV, they're just, they're just getting an internet connection and they watch everything through their internet. Like my friends that got really young kids that are five or six years old, they don't ever turn the TV on. Everything's strictly whatever they watch is all on YouTube. Yeah, I think it's interesting also as, as, as part of a life um, um, goal, I guess it would be to be aware as to be aware about what's going on. I think you know if, if there's some additional variable to the formula of success is awareness of where the world is going and uh, you know asking yourself how you can participate in a way that makes sense for you um, it is a given that technology is uh, really one of the drivers and will has been and will forever be and uh, unfortunately, it seems that uh, you know a lot of people nowadays are not into science or technology or um, mathematics or any of the things that make uh, technology you know go forward. And a lot of our competitors throughout the world are actually much better uh, trained and are much more interested. In technology than we are, and that's going to come to bite us in the butt in, in the in the butt at some point. That's just a trend that's out there. I don't know exactly how we're going to turn that tide around if it's possible, but ultimately, um, you know, making technology fun in some sort of way is is uh, is important to us as a nation and as an individual. If you are participating in technology, you'll probably be successful at least from the perspective of participating in the creation of the future as well as uh, most likely monetarily because that's where it is. You know, Everybody wants to, of course, just uh, party and write songs and be a philosopher, but in the end, you know, that's not what's going to make... Uh, most, that's, not, not gonna, that's not what's going to give you the power, at least not initially. It's about, it's about adding value through some kind of product or service. And like we started out in this... How we got in this thread was is that like when you start something, you don't necessarily know how you're going to get there. Right. And you know, the point I was starting to make was that when I first started the business I'm in now, you know, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew how I wanted to help people. I knew the information that I had could help people because it worked in my life and the lives of my friends and family and employees up until that point. But it was systematizing that, putting it together in a format that was easy to consume. That's the hard part. That's the part that most people are just simply not willing to trial and error with it. Right. Trial and error, very important. But you know, you, you still have to have that sense of when you say add value, um, yeah, that's important. But how do you add value? Well, you have to understand what's valuable. And it's not that easy to recognize what's valuable and where things are going. Um, so that's part of the trick and I think that yeah awareness right 
Yeah, it's buying. I mean, what? It, I mean, you look at what is capitalism? It's you are bringing some kind of product or some kind of service to the market that people want to buy. Yes. And it doesn't matter how great you think your product is or your service is. The question is, is it a product or a service that people see value in it and they actually want to pay for it? Yeah. Yeah, personally, I'm biased towards technology because people, I mean, there's, if you think about our, our society today, if you're really aware, you will see so many opportunities where technology could make your life a lot better. Um, you just have to be more aware. Things like, uh, I mean, it starts with literally, uh, I don't know, uh, if you look at look around your house, you know, the whole concept of, of the Jetsons with, with these robotic cleaners and so on. I mean, those are not invented yet, and who wouldn't love to have them, for example? Or, um, I mean, that's just the beginning, right? Uh, there's technology in, uh, you know, we've all heard about the trends in biotech, and uh, obviously in artificial intelligence and computing and so on. So be part of that and, and uh, learn to love it. And I guarantee you that, you know, maybe you'll, you'll invest a few years into it. And if you totally hate it, you'll probably leave with um, a pretty decent amount of, uh, of money as well as an understanding as to where your life should go, go next. So that's some suggestion I would give for younger people to younger people. So I know you got a you got a bolt in a few minutes, right? Yeah, I do actually. So that was fun. So any any last parting words of wisdom on how people can live well based on your perspective and what you've been through? Well, I guess to summarize. To summarize, I would say <laughs> um, to summarize, Bob. To summarize, uh, thank you. You know, it's funny because sometimes things uh, get reduced to dumb cliches. And there are certain cliches that are actually quite power, uh, quite powerful and deep. One I like a lot that's not too popular is one that says, uh, the way is the way. And if, I you really think about that it, one. if you think about that one, the way is the way is, you know, the path, wherever you are, there you are. That's another one, right? I mean, there you are. Wherever what are you, you going to do There it? you are. We're, no, you are there right now, there, right? So that's, that's what you got. Be here now. Be here now and all these things. Um, I think those little cliches, uh, you know, they, they pack a lot of wisdom. Um, at the same time, the future is also important. So you have to figure out how to get there by being here. But you have to be here first. And uh, this, 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 this level of presence and re- relative contentment is important, you know, and then the pressure of happiness and passion, you know, leave that for when you get there and see if, if, if you know, see that, that you were probably right by doing the right things. But don't expect to be super happy all the time or understand exactly what your passion is or, you know, be all smiles and sunshine all the time because, you know, maybe your, your um, biological makeup is, is just not like that. Mine isn't. I'm, I'm a pretty introspective and, for the most part, a, a brooding person. And you know what? To try to pretend that I'm uh, you know, super happy all the time would be almost um, you know, a constant lie. So, but I still know that certain things need to get done, and I just do them. The question is, where do you live consistently? Is the majority of your perspective of your life positive, upbeat, happy? Are you labeling it with things that give give it an empowering meaning, or are you looking at everything and just it all sucks? Because yeah. rea- the reality neither. is, you decide. You decide what it means. Right. I would say I would say neither. Right. Because as you, as we were, as we talked before, we said before, there are situations that no matter how you look at them, they just suck. You have to sometimes deal with them. And sometimes to get out of those situations is not a matter of only reframing them. Sometimes the situation actually sucks objectively. The question is, now you're going to have to deal. And, and what does it mean to deal? Well, to actively figure out how to get out of it. 
not just say, wow, it's amazing that I just got run over. Let me see if I can get the bus driver's phone number, <laughs> you know, for uh, dating purposes. It's just stupid. She was kind of cute, even yeah, though she, was she ran cool, my ass you know, over. She was probably too, exactly. <laughs> you know? That would be <laughs> Maybe she can push me around in my wheelchair now. Right, exactly. I think... Um, she'll come visit me in my hospital bed. Yeah. So, so no, I, I think it's, it's more of a, you know, shit happens and life is not always sunshine, but uh, as long as you're sort of, uh, you know, establish the process for your day-to-day and make that happen, you'll be fine and get there. Cool. Well, I appreciate you uh, sitting down and recording this with me. It's something I wanted to do for a long time. I wanted to introduce Bob to you guys because I've talked about him off and on and you know, he's been a huge influence on me and my life and living the, the Zen lifestyle as I, I've seen a lot of people commenting on Instagram and YouTube that that's how they kind of look at me as like I'm a, a coach that teaches you how to have more of like a Zen lifestyle in all areas of your life and that's where you're going through life from a perspective of being more than doing obviously you got to take action and do work but if you're not enjoying the journey if you're not enjoying the process of getting to where you want to be if you're not creating a life and lifestyle and friendships and and a social life that's going to add ease and delight and being relaxed cuz you're going to do your best work and you're going to come up with your best ideas when you're in a peaceful and relaxed state and if you're stressed out all the time your decisions and your actions are actually going to bring about more stress so if you'd like to find out more about what i do you can go to my website understandingrelationships.com that's or you can google my name Corey wayne and uh you can read both of my books you know i care about making the world a better place and you know you can read both of my books, Mastering Yourself and three, How to Be a Three Percent Man, on my website. All you got to do is subscribe to the email newsletter. If you're on a mobile device, it'll be the first thing you see. If you're on a desktop computer, it's going to be in the upper right-hand corner of any page on your website. And if you've got any any questions or future topics that you would like us to just because this you know podcast i really want to do this just to get together and have fun without having agendas or writing out quotes and stuff like i do for my youtube videos i want to just turn the mic on and have a have a conversation with bob here and and uh, just talk about things that are fun and interesting and hopefully you guys listening enjoy what you're hearing but if you've got topics that you'd like us to discuss you know it's something we need we often talk a lot about politics and you know what's going on in the world, which I always enjoy those conversations. But send it, send the questions to uh, questions at understandingrelationships.com. That's questions at understandingrelationships.com. And maybe in the subject line, just put idea for podcast topic or something along those lines. Because you know, right now in my inbox, there's over a thousand thousand unanswered emails in there that I just haven't got to them all yet, but. Until then, we'll get to it, Corey. <laughs> until then, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Bob. Thank you.